whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do. 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 Or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. Hi! <laughs> Hello! You've been saying hi first. Lately. I have been. And yeah. so I just thought You I'd... just stole my hi right out from I underneath just, me. <laughs> I just jumped right in there. Well, welcome back. Hello. <laughs> Guys, this we... might not seem weird to you because it's still whenever you're listening to this that you choose. But we are on the ball with well, this episode. Center, if that's what you want to call it. Well, we're fitting this in whenever we can, which yep. is right now, which happens to be Monday night. Yep. So we normally record on Friday night. The night before we put it out, but. So this is going to be old news by the time hits hits the web. Yep. But here we are. Last week, when you guys are hearing this, we talked about. Danny and her positive pregnancy tests. And my negative pregnancy tests. Yes. And my uncertainty. Do you want to give any updates on that? I'm guessing most of our listeners. Probably, but maybe not. Right, I know. I'm saying most. Okay. I think it's important to give an update because there are those of you who will not have seen the Facebook update, but most of you will have seen the Facebook update that Chip did have me take a pregnancy, another pregnancy test from a new batch of tests on Saturday night, and it was negative also. So we are taking that as confirmation that there was a baby for a short amount of time, and the baby is no longer living. And so physically, my body has not really done anything any direction mm-hmm. right <laughs> so I'm still feeling really good and um I think having that stretch of time of uncertainty but kind of leaning more towards like the negative tests and right stuff, I had a lot of time to process last week so in some ways in a lot of ways really I feel like last week was the really emotional I had trouble focusing on much other yeah like anything else and um kind of getting the more of a solid answer I I feel like I did a lot of the processing already Mm -hmm. and that the answer kind of made things a little bit of a relief Mm -hmm. so to just know um there was still some grieving and especially I would say the hardest part was talking to our kids on Sunday yeah Uh, my oldest daughter is 13 and she has had a pretty hard time with it um which is super sweet I mean all of my kids were sad and all of them all of them were joyful when they found out that I was pregnant and none of them were in any way like already or yeah you know you're having another baby all of them were just 
super excited and all of them were definitely sad. Obviously, the littlest ones, you know, it affects them a lot less. <laughs> um, but... Yes. <laughs> I was trying not to laugh do we when do that story or I don't know if we should no um, just little people don't understand quite the level of of just how to be delicate right but they you know weren't especially my kids were just they just acted a little bit more oblivious as we were telling yeah. our kids um, but that's what's interesting about it when I mean when I, we were telling our family I would have said that my youngest kids didn't even hear what I said they, right. they reacted in zero way so I think that that's what's interesting is you just don't know what they're right picking because, up on and yeah um Except I would still say when I'm especially like littlest like Deke and yes. Arrow, right. I, yes. I'm sure like Deke was completely oblivious. He's too yeah. he yes. is kinda like Yep. Whatever. I feel like he hardly pays attention right. to the fact that we have the baby we have. Right. I mean he plays with them. It's not like he completely ignores him, but Yeah. So um so I feel like our family though overall overall is doing well. Kenzie seemed much better today. Oh, good. Um, <sighs> we had friends over today, uh, which was nice. Just a nice, normal type of thing mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's kind of where we're at with that. And will be interesting to see. I think it's one thing when your body is already cycling Mm -hmm. some even if it's not like on a completely regular pattern but it's still like Mm -hmm. semi a pattern to the point that you ovulated and conceived um i'm really curious with it being it seems like it was probably a really early Mm -hmm. um pregnancy and loss and so i'm Really curious to see what that means as far as what my body does and if it does anything or how long because it's not like... Right. And if, like, you're going to now start having more regular cycles or if it's going to go like away for a while. Yeah. Or, yeah. So I'm kind of gearing up for whatever, but as far as I haven't had any cramping or any anything, any sort of discharge... <laughs> All I could think of as I said that word was the fact that I know people like your father-in-law listen to this. <laughs> Hi, Steve. <laughs> we haven't given him a shout-out in a while. We'll give him a shout-out after I talk about my discharge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. All right. There we are. <laughs> well, yeah, that sadly wasn't the update None of us hoped it would be, but... No, but it's... You know, I think the thing that... I think both of us want to... Try to faithfully... Portray during a time like this is the fact that... I think it can be really easy to think... Why would you even do that, God? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, why give a baby just to take them away 
that right. quickly. Why? Or why prompt you to take a pregnancy test? Because right. you could have just not known right. that this even happened. Right. Like, why wouldn't it have, wouldn't it have just have been better for you to just never have known? Right. Um, why, why does there need to be pain? Mm-hmm. Why does there need to be loss? Why does there need to be sadness? Mm-hmm. Um, but I've really just been thinking about the fact that without there there is pain and suffering in growth mm-hmm. and yeah god clearly has gotten my attention during this time and there's these seasons we go through where it's like we we wish we would be as quick to be drawing near to the lord and just in a constant state of fellowship with him and um, all the time. Mm-hmm. But sadly, we are... Quick to wander. Yes. We're stubborn people. We're wandery people. We're just... Yes. Um, we're quick to just think that we know... Even when we don't realize yes. we're doing that. right. We just start to rely on ourselves. Yeah. And so... It may take painful things, but it's it's just like disciplining our children. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people think of disciplining in a negative term, mm-hmm. as a negative term, but we're promised in scripture that the Lord will discipline his children. Mm-hmm. And that's not a negative thing. That's, that's really something that right. allows us to know he loves us and he wants us to be walking in his ways and um and learning more about who he is and so i think on a surface level we could say that it seems harsh or unloving of god to put us through painful times but when we look at the result of how he uses those things in our own lives, in the lives of others around us, um, I really think, I mean, we know for sure that he doesn't waste those moments and mm-hmm. he's very intentional with them and he has a much broader and more glorious plan than mm-hmm. the surface level pain that we experience. And it's not to say that we should like try to stuff our feelings away and not like allow ourselves to feel pain or try to pretend like you don't feel sadness or that you have right that you have to only be viewing all things as as happy right but the reality is you can have sadness and feel Mm -hmm. blessed yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Um, God gives us our God gives us our emotions, and it's okay to have emotions, but we must not be ruled by our emotions. It's important to take how we're feeling to the Lord and to His Word, and combat that those feelings and emotions with what we know is true. Like right. you are sad that your baby died, and you're sad that you're not going to get to meet it come January. But what do, is it that you know is true and you know that our God is sovereign, that he gives and takes away and that you can he's, bless his name? Yeah, he's the creator and it's his choice to and, and he's good. Mm-hmm. He, I know that his goodness doesn't change and that 
the acts he does are good, mm-hmm. no matter what my response is to them. Right. He is still sovereign and he is still good. And thankfully, he is tender and gracious and patient mm-hmm. and kind. And he cares about the emotions that I have. But yeah. I can't dwell in... If I'm dwelling in a, a pit of despair, that's ultimately... I know that um, we've heard other Christian women encourage us that when you're in that place of despair, it's essentially pride. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just essentially focused on you and what you desire, what you want, yeah. how you're feeling, all of those things. It's it's looking very much inwardly instead of looking to who God is. Mm-hmm. And there's such peace that comes from being able to say, I might not understand mm-hmm. this fully. I might, I might understand it a little bit. I might understand it. What seems like God is showing me a lot of understanding through yeah. different things. I might not understand it at all. I might not be able to see how there's any good in it, how there's any beauty in it, how there's mm-hmm. anything to feel comforted over, mm-hmm. except for the fact that I know who God is. I know he doesn't change. And I know that he ordained his plan. Mm-hmm. And in that you can rest. Right. So, I mean, particularly for me, when I've gone through different periods of time that I've struggled a lot with knowing my emotions don't match what I like logically and biblically know is true. That can be like a really frustrating (laughs) and so frustrating when you know something that is biblically sound and true but your feelings feel so this comes in with with depression or or anxiety or any of these types of things where you can know even this past week i feel like knowledge wise and even even i would say emotionally wise i felt like god was being quick to grab my my mind and bring Mm -hmm. me back to him Mm -hmm. um but physically my Mm -hmm. body was just having a lot of trouble with like that shortness of breath feeling or just the pit in your stomach Mm -hmm. or just the food not sounding good at all and Mm -hmm. needing to like force down every bite just like that feeling where the food in your mouth just feels like yeah this is not what I want right now but I know I need to keep like nourishing my body because I'm still feeding a four month old and yeah um so even that can feel frustrating when you right I feel like there's different levels yeah you can spiritually feel that way and know mm-hmm. that it's wrong and be, feel frustrated you can emotionally feel that way and right but sometimes even those are fine and you physically just yes. can't get your body yes. to feel that has always been my biggest struggle postpartum is feeling that like physical reaction of anxiety in my body even if my mind feels like I know everything restful fine and, and fine but it's still like I remember especially after arrow feeling like that heart racing I like can barely catch my breath even though like nothing logically or mentally I felt stressed out about or right. anxiety over and yeah what are would you say are some like practical things that you try to do in seasons where you don't feel like your emotions or your physical reactions match up with what you know is 
from God's word? I think it it can be a really fine balance, but um, if I'm in that place spiritually where I know things aren't matching up, I think you have to go against every part of your flesh of like what mm-hmm. you want to do. You need to be in God's word, even if you feel like I'm going to read this and it's going to feel like empty words on the page mm-hmm. and it's not like it's going to feel like I'm so disengaged from it. Yeah. It's pointless. It's worthless, but mm-hmm. it's not. You have mm-hmm. to remember that God's word is alive and active. And and so putting forth that effort, even when it feels like it's not going to be worth it, it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember oh, a long time ago, I might have been in high school, my brother encouraging me one time and saying, I, I've never spent time in the word and then had like deep regret over it Mm -hmm. afterwards Mm -hmm. it's like there's been plenty of times where I've been like I've known that that's what I should do and I haven't and I felt deep regret over that but he's like I can't think of a time that I have done that and then maybe there's still times you walk away feeling like frustrated and in that place of feeling like well that was kind of pointless but never like this deep it doesn't return void right I feel like never this like regret of like I really really wish I wouldn't have done that like right um worship music like turning on hymns turning on psalms Mm -hmm. um if you can't get yourself to be in the word reading it having it on audio Mm -hmm. even if it's in the background even if you feel like you're not really paying attention to it God is so good to have have that come come back to our minds, mm-hmm. um, minister to our hearts, just the ways yeah. we need Him to. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I would say if spiritually mm-hmm. um, is just renewing your mind, setting your mind on the praying, things of the Spirit. Even when you feel like you're so far away from mm-hmm. God and He's so far away from you that it feels like difficult and I think not being afraid to just be honest and real God knows he knows exactly what you're thinking exactly what you're feeling you don't have to put on some facade to Mm -hmm. go before him um so I think just remembering that that he can handle us being the way we are not Mm -hmm. to say that we would we should want to stay in the those states but um like that shouldn't be it shouldn't be this excuse obviously Mm um i think emotionally kind of ties in similarly Mm -hmm. um remembering that god's given us his body um to be vulnerable and reach out to people um for encouragement sometimes I mean that's super difficult to do but yeah um people are so willing and ready to repeat the things that you know are true from God's word but you just need someone else to be re saying them to you when you feel overwhelmed right um physically I think this is especially where where when I said that there's like a balance I find for me that 
just trying to be intentional about things that will take care of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, even if I don't feel like it's going to be good, going for a run is actually really good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just not possible. And mm-hmm. Sometimes an Epsom salt bath is really good. And But I, I think um, it's really, really easy in those times to want to... If, at least for me, to want to run towards, like, comforting foods mm-hmm. and things that it's not necessarily bad to have once in a while, but you have to be super careful not to have them be idols that you're running mm-hmm. to for comfort. Yeah. And that really a lot of times when you take the time to eat the things that don't sound very good to eat... Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, okay, vegetables for most people. I know there's a few of you out there who <laughs> live on meat, and that's cool, too. But, you know, things that, like, not just eating 12 donuts right, right. now while I'm feeling really yeah. gross and horrible. Like, maybe what we're tempted to do, but it's probably not actually going to help the situation. Right. Um, so a lot of it ultimately comes down to being disciplined Mm. and really a lot of times we can't do that in our own strength and we really need to be just asking God to do it in us and Mm -hmm. help us with it yeah one we had a couple of questions this week that one person was asking how how are, how do you balance all the different roles of, in your life how do you balance being a good mom how do you balance being a good wife while trying to focus on the lord and in the second question is similar of how do you how do you give when you have a large family and a lot of kids how do you mother them all well how do you give attention and time and care to all of your kids when you have so many of them and also to your husband and also to all the other roles that you have in your life you figured this one out just fine right (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm a pro at it perfect um no but i do think we've we've had to think through some of this and we we've experienced some of this Mm -hmm. and so the first answer is that no one is is going to be perfect at all of the roles and no one has them balanced perfectly at all times Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and what may look balanced to one family might not be the right balance to another and it's important not to be just comparing ourselves to how someone else is doing it and right so that kind of brings up one point is that first of all um i really think understanding as a wife the the freedom and care we have in our husband being the head of our family mm-hmm. um that's something that i think in our culture today that's looked down upon a lot Mm -hmm. and um there's this strong desire that women should be 
seen as equal, but not talking about, we would say that biblically women and men are equal. And they're valued. Valued. Yes. Equally. But in the roles God has given to the family, we would say that we see biblically when you look at Ephesians and um, Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians 11, we see different areas where God has very clearly laid out that that husbands are the head over their wife. Right. And that's not a demeaning thing. That's not a derogatory thing. But I feel as a wife with a husband who takes that role seriously, mm-hmm. that that's a very um, safe and protected place to be. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there's going to be a lot of the practical outworkings of what your family looks like and what your mm-hmm. role is in the home that come directly from your husband right. helping to yeah. lay that out. Yeah. Um, and so it might not always look the same for every mm-hmm. family. I mean, even our two families have very... Even though we're very similar in a lot of things and our husbands think about things in very similar ways, like how that plays out on a practical level can be different in some areas. Right. Um, Beyond that, I think... um, So the first part of the question was, how do you balance all of the roles in life well? Wife, mother... Um, I mean, part of it is just seeking God for help on a daily basis mm-hmm. and then being obedient and diligent. Right. I mean, it's interesting how I know I've gone through periods of my life where you kind of get stuck in a cycle where you know you're not doing the things you should be doing and you know you're not really being obedient to God in the the things you're spending your time on. Yeah. But as you are not doing that well, you kind of get in this, like, mindset of feeling really down on yourself and um, defeated mm-hmm. and almost paralyzed that it's hard to and I think when you're in that place just instead of looking like I failed at all of these things today and I don't even know where to start to start to pick up the pieces Mm -hmm. um, one piece of advice we've been given and that is really helpful that can help to be kind of reestablish what we were just talking about as like husband being the head Mm -hmm. of the home and kind of your role under that is to to just go to your husband and say look I'm really struggling struggling with how to spend my time I know I'm not doing things well I think being quick to confess that and Mm -hmm. repent of that yeah is huge which takes humility Mm -hmm. and isn't easy um and then to ask your husband what is something you want me to do? Where do you want me to focus my time? And sometimes the answer you get is going to be very different than where you think 
you want to spend your time in order to be doing what you think you should be doing. So you see that like your kitchen's a giant mess and you haven't been planning meals well and like food is a disaster and you're really feeling like I need to get on top of that. And then you ask your husband what he wants you to do. And he's like, well, I really want you to spend more time doing school with the kids. And it, it can feel like maddening at times. Like now, great, I have two major things I have to focus on. And it right. feels... But it seems like a lot of times if you focus on the thing that your husband has asked you to do mm-hmm. while still having the other thing also in your mind Mm -hmm. a lot of times when you're when you follow in the right order things kind of fall into place Mm -hmm. where if your husband tells you that and then you strive after correcting all the meal stuff and you're kind of still neglecting all the school stuff Mm -hmm. you might strive for a while to get that all sorted out um i mean not always these are not every single time but these are definitely principles that i feel like god does a lot of it comes down to the worldview and how we're viewing how do we view god and his authority and lordship in our life is he just this like guy we go to during like our quiet time and or just when we really really need something right or or... on sundays at church and then we're gonna live our life but that's not that's not the worldview we would hold the worldview we would hold is god and his word is relevant in every aspect of our life in our mothering in our not just relevant but that's what we were created for yes right it's not just that he's relevant to us but we are humbled to be able to be used by him for his story right we can't like compartmentalize god in our little god box and then our role as a mom in this box and our role as a wife in this box and our role as a friend in this box but that we have to look at it as god created us he created the people in our life in the relationships and we are in those relationships and we have things in our day-to-day that we must bring before him and seeking to glorify him in and i think it's also important to recognize the correct like order of marriage and and kids i think that especially when you have young kids it can be really easy to just be so focused on your kids and pouring into them because they demand so much from you that it's really easy to neglect your marriage and take more pour yourself out all day for your kids and leave your husband with nothing at the end of the night you know Mm -hmm. and I think that that's something that's really easy to do but it's important for us to remember that um, we have to be loving our husbands well too and not just I really think that the culture's view of sex majorly twists and undermines the glory and beauty of what that is supposed to be in the marriage mm-hmm. relationship as well. Um, when you reset your mind and understand it as this coming together to people mm-hmm. as one that God has brought together in covenant. Right. Um, that this is an act that he 
has ordained to symbolize and I mean beyond symbolize but actually to unite us physically as as one as the renewing of that covenant Mm -hmm. every time when you view it in that way and you view that as a gift and you view that as something that this is some this is a a relationship and a Mm -hmm. um just something that I share with only this person and no one else. Mm-hmm. Um, that we are knowing each other so intimately. It when you when you remember that and you remind yourself of that, and I think obviously it definitely helps if both parties are viewing it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it makes it much easier to not be as selfish about right. how you're feeling yes. in the moment. Yes, but when you have this mindset of like... What pleasure is this going to bring me? Right, and like, oh, he just wants to do that again. All he sees is me, a piece of meat, and like, I have to mark that off my list to do, and viewing it as something that he needs, and you if you feel like it Or that you don't provide. need... Um, I think that it's really interesting how there's times you can, I mean, in some, for some women, a lot of the time, feel like it's not something you need or want mm-hmm. on a physical level. You're tired and you're burned out. Right. It's a lot. Right. But how much of the time really it is something that in the relationship mm-hmm. you do need. And, and I mean... There's been many times where I can look back and be like, I feel so disconnected, so not like we're communicating well, and you don't feel like those things relate well, to... all of those things make you even more because you do feel disconnected because you're not communicating well, you're annoying. It makes you not want to partake in that act even more. Right. But that's, those are symptoms of neglecting that, right. coming together and being unified in that. Right. And it's amazing how God can use that, can use that intimacy mm-hmm. to help unite you back together and bring you back into good communication and back into um, just and just closeness. to clarify when we talk about these different roles and saying like we need to make sure that we're loving our husbands well too we, this isn't just just because we're talking about sex doesn't mean that that's like the only way that that is done Mm-mm. and that that's that's how we fulfill our role as a wife to our husbands and that that's it that's not that's not what we're saying that just comes that's to mind one, most often and that's one part of it right but i think another part of it hugely is to be quick to repent when you were sassy to him when you were short when you said you'd work on school stuff with the kids that day and focused on your meals instead and when you are when any of those things happen in front of your children to be quick to be humble and repent in front of your children Mm -hmm. instead of leaving it where it is and then I mean to be able to show your husband respect you need to be able to to if you're publicly sinning against him you mm-hmm. need to be publicly repenting. Yeah. Um, and so these things aren't easy, but they definitely 
they definitely create peace in the home when... And honestly, none of this can be done without, uh, without the grace. Like, without God's grace, we won't, we'll only want to seek our own selfish desires. We'll only want to seek what pleases us, what gratifies us, and our striving will be pointless. But God is faithful to give us the grace that we need for each day and the humility we need to be quick to repent. And we have to be going toward to him and seeking his word, seeking his, seeking his, his spirit in prayer, seeking him to convict us on things that we might say or do that we don't even think twice about. And mm-hmm. we need to make sure that we're quick to confess that. So the other part of, I mean, kind of further into the question was, how are you able to give everything you need to give as a mother to your children, especially in the context of having many children? Right. That was a different person that asked that question, but I felt like they fit together. They do fit together really well. The, the, The thing that immediately comes to mind in that is that... I can still remember when God really made it clear to me that while he has made me the mother of my children and I have role, a role and responsibility in that and I, I am to be giving my life to, to raise them and to nurture them and to teach them about who he is, that I am not their everything, and I'm not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That he is their God, mm-hmm. and that he is everything that they need, just like he is everything I need. Mm-hmm. And that in times when I can't be doing the things that I would like to be doing and think I should be doing... But for whatever reason, the circumstances are not that way. Mm-hmm. That he knows that and he can provide what they need, even if it's without me. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the time that that happened, that he really got my attention. And that was when I was on bed rest with the twin, when I got admitted to the hospital at the Mm -hmm. end of my pregnancy with the twins. And so Kenzie was a little over two and a half. Well, almost. She's getting close to being three. And Riken was 18 months, 17 months old at that time. And I hadn't planned to be going Mm -hmm. and being admitted into the hospital. And when I was admitted into the hospital, they had a policy where at that time, because it was flu season, that children couldn't come to the hospital. Mm. And so I literally left them with a babysitter thinking I would be back in an hour or two and they had just gone down for naps and found out that I didn't know when I was coming back home. Mm -hmm. And the sorrow I felt of thinking that they were going to feel neglected by me, that they were going to feel abandoned by me, that they're they're so little, they don't understand. Their Mm -hmm. mom just went away and then I'm not coming back and I didn't get to talk to them I didn't get to set things up the way that I would have wanted to you know Mm -hmm. um I was really really struggling over it and God just kept 
pulling me back to kind of that, like, I know what your kids need. Mm-hmm. And it's okay that a lot of the time they need you. And yes, you do need to fulfill these things for them in the way that I've called you to. But this isn't a surprise to me that you're not there. Mm-hmm. And you need to trust me with them. You need to trust me with their emotions. You mm-hmm. need to trust me with their physical care and who I'm putting around them. Like, I created them and I am using them in my story the way I want to, just like I am using you. Like, yeah. And. I think the one of the things that really, um, like the practical application of knowing that is the fact that it makes you strive as a mother to point your kids constantly back to Christ mm-hmm. and not back to yourself as yes. the who's going to provide for them. Mm-hmm. Because you know that you could be taken from them at any time. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing is promised. Um, and so you don't want them, you want them when they see you to be looking at, look at how good God is being to take care of me, mm-hmm. not look at my mom, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of the answer. Another part of it from, from our perspective, I think you experience this too, is that the bigger your family is and the more kids you have, the le- the more people there are to help fulfill all the, need- the needs of each other. Mm-hmm. So when my two-year-old falls down and bonks his head, I'm not the only one in the house that he will run to for comfort. Mm-hmm. He has older brothers and sisters who love him very much who are concerned about him very much, mm-hmm. who he loves very much. And sometimes yeah. they want their mom, sometimes they want their dad, but sometimes they want their sister mm-hmm. or their brother. And you try to go and comfort them and they're like, yeah. I'd rather have my sister give me a hug right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really cool to see that, yeah. that it's... Well, it's not just only God giving more people that are only needy. Right. I think it can feel like that, especially when you have only young kids. Yes. When you have the five-year-old, three-year-old, two-year-old, one-year-old, and you're pregnant, it can feel like, am I I damaging my kids? Am I doing something wrong? Am I being irresponsible to be having another baby right now when I can't even feel like I'm providing the attention my kids need at this point you know right but that's where we have to come back to like god being faithful to give life and god being faithful and him being able to see the bigger picture and him being able to understand that i mean for me that was the most when i got pregnant with my fourth when sayla my third was hospitalized most of her first year of life in and out and she was eight months nine months I think and I mean how else was she she I was thought she was 10 or 11 yes months when you got she pregnant. was she was 11 months because it was August yeah I think I got pregnant when she was 10 months but anyway um I mean I remember feeling like that was the very first pregnancy in my with my fourth that we had really been totally hands off like not trying to control one way or another just letting 
letting what happened happen and just being a married couple that does married things and but also but those married things were very when much fewer when we spent most of when the, one of you is at the hospital and yes. one of you is at home yes like yeah. a lot of the time it's not like right but it was very much a time where as soon as I found out I was pregnant Sayla had been in the hospital for about two weeks Tim and I were living as like passerbys like all right I'll be at the hospital today you'll be there tomorrow I mean we hardly saw each other and I mean I came home just to like be with my little kids while Tim took a turn in the hospital and was like oh well, I haven't got my period that I packed things for the hospital for and took a test and found out I was pregnant and was had to like go back to the hospital to trade Tim so he could go to work and I had to be like you told me first <laughs> <laughs> that's true I was like the nurse was in the room and I walked in and was like hey I'm pregnant <laughs> and the nurse was like what? Like, what are you get like? Because you have an eleven month old who's admitted in, in the hospital for with, a while, like, right. and two other small kids, a two year old and a four year old, like, and I, I mean, I feel like anyone could look at that and be like, that is completely irresponsible. Like, why would you do that? You had moments where you felt yes, that way. oh yeah, for sure. Um, but ultimately, I, I mean, when, when I was born. I remember so many times you saying, there's no way that I could have known that things would look how they look now. When things were so much more stable with Selah, it felt like we can totally have another baby. And God knew the timing of it perfectly. He provided for it. It wasn't easy. It wasn't like suddenly my kids just could make their own lunches and change their own diapers. Like It was still hard work. You being on the hospital floor, not feeling oh. well and not yeah. sleep, like, it had been, like, very little sleep. And yeah. And I was, like, in my first trimester, like, really, really, really nauseous and sick. And you were in your third trimester with Archer, like, like 40 much. weeks third trimester. Yeah. And it was maybe, like, 39. It was, it was like, late end. at night. And I was, like, I'm literally going to die if I don't sleep. Like, I am so sick. And so you came to the hospital late, late at night. Like, and, 10.30 at night and I, I, like, got there to start you, hanging out with Sayla. And you just held her on the couch, and I laid... They had one of those, like, fold-up play mats that they, like, lay out for, like, gymnastics that we, they had brought so that Sayla could, like, sit and try to do some of her therapy, and I just laid on that hard mat on the floor, on the hospital floor. Did I bring another mat was that time or no? Mm-mm. No. no, I think when After you came that, back, yes. I just laid that, there like someone else is holding my baby with your giant belly with Archer. I will never forget how she just sat, sat on my belly and yeah. just, she let me rock her and yeah. just cuddle her. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of my, like sweetest memories where I definitely... It's like God provides. He provides the body, like you were saying. He provides other people to love on your love on your kids. I mean, we don't always get to be our everything for our kids. And he allows us to also be in other people's lives. And this is why the church is so important. This is why the body is so important. I mean, even like with seeing Kenzie yesterday and like how she was feeling after finding out that your baby passed away and like being able to just hug her and hold her and love that we have that relationship because I'm your best friend and 
I know her well and she can come to me and feel like she can cry in my arms and it's not right an issue like it's not weird right and the fact that we can be that for each other be that for each other's kids that the body of our church can care for the needs and we don't have to be our kids everything in order to justify we should having, expect right that everyone else should just come and pick up pieces of things we just don't feel like doing or just absolutely right uh, like i think another huge aspect of this is the comparison game and like how right when danny walked in right before we were going to record this video tim and i were watching this lady i don't even know who she is but she was like it showed up in my facebook newsfeed of her like making these like bento box lunches for her kids and like kid yeah her kid (laughs) like cutting out like little bunnies out of apple slices and making these like flowers out of watermelons and blueberries and like packing her lunch and tim and i being like what on earth (laughs) how is this even but it's like if that were my standard for my kids lunches yeah i probably would die having six kids like it just you know and so we can't compare but also there's moms who really food is my love language yes Mm -hmm. not necessarily artsy flower (laughs) not flower watermelon bunny apple foods but i enjoy good food and i want other people to have food that they enjoy and Mm -hmm. But there's moms who really don't like doing things with food, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that they're a bad mom if... Mm -hmm. Or that they love their kids less because they don't do food that way. Every day is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch, and, you know, that's what we're doing. And, I mean, obviously there's so much we could go into with that but just different things like that Mm -hmm. I mean there's gonna be moms who I don't know struggling to think of struggle more with keeping their house clean and like that's not a gift that they feel like they're really good at does it mean that they still need to strive to clean their house even though they don't like it yes but are there different levels of like this is just neglectful right yes this is just not but i feel like this even comes back down to we need to stop comparing ourselves to other moms and we need to start going to our husbands and asking our husbands what things they're prioritizing we're terrible at organizing but they say, you know, I really want you to work on that. It doesn't mean you're going to get perfect at it overnight. Right. But talk to people that you know that are good at organizing instead of just envying and coveting their skills in organizing. Ask them for help. Ask them to give you pointers and or ideas. Just decide, like, well, I don't. I feel like this feels completely overwhelming to organize my whole house. So I will start with this closet, mm-hmm. and that will be my goal. Right. To organize this closet and even if everything else is a disaster like I'm going to start small and I'm going to have this little goal and so similar with food if you're not very good at doing meal planning doing meals figuring out how to cook things well but you feel like that's something that you need to be trying to do better and like start start it small mm-hmm. it's like Okay, one dinner a week. We're gonna I'm gonna really put an effort into learning how to to do this. I'm mm-hmm. gonna ask 
a woman in my life that I know enjoys cooking, mm-hmm. how to do different things. and. But I think it can get overwhelming if you're just comparing yourselves to other moms and how they do things. And all the other moms. So you see, this mom is a, an amazing cook, and this mom, this mom is making her own bread, and this mom is crocheting blankets, and this mom just totally is heading up the co-op that is 90 people big and right this mom is always the one bringing meals to people with on the meal train and this mom like right. if you see like all those different moms and then think you have to be all of that, that. and that's again why it's important to be going to your husbands and asking them what things do you feel like i you would like me to be working on when she says go to your husbands, she's assuming husbands. there's more than one person listening. <laughs> we have multiple husbands. <laughs> go to your husbands and ask them what they think. Plural, yeah. all of Thanks you. Thanks for clarifying that. Just pretend you're with a whole bunch of other people right now while you listen. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if that answered those questions or not, but hopefully... Hopefully that's a little bit of an encouragement. Yeah. And... Anything else? I'm... I'm not thinking of anything else right now. (laughs) This is going to feel really weird because the reason why we're... We're recording on Monday night because I'm leaving to go out of town on Friday. Mm -hmm. Friday to Monday. And... So it's going to feel... We're not going to know what day it is all week long. It's just going to feel really strange when we... Do record again because it'll feel like it's been... next Friday like yeah. normal, it's going to have been... Honestly, I think it's pretty... Normally, if we record on Friday night and then it would get to be Monday, mm-hmm. I feel like we would be like, there's no way we can record. We don't have anything right. to talk about. So God was really gracious to provide those questions and just provide feeling like, I feel like it's been much longer. Since we recorded last, but yeah. it's because we've had some things going on to process and talk about. Right. So yeah, I feel, feel good about this. Great. <laughs> well, if you uh, have any other questions... Send them over. We really so. like questions because that helps give us a starting point of what we're talking well, about. Well, we just meander away from the question sometimes, but... That's fine. Ask them anyway. We'll try our best to answer them. But, uh, yeah, have a great weekend or week, depending on when you listen to this. And we will record again next week. Hopefully. All right. Bye.